Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. Tonight is night four, night four of our favorite things, Beacon of Light favorite things, and we are so excited to have Miss Sherry Daughter here tonight. Hello! Yes, so excited to get this thing started, so let's punch it and do it. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. All right, it says starts now, and it always gets cut off, but whatever, we're here, and we're here live. So, Miss Sherry, tell us where you are broadcasting from this evening. Ooh. Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Woo-hoo-hoo. And Hamburg is due west of Allentown. If anybody's heard of Allentown, you know, um, was it that Bruce Springsteen that made Allentown the uh, the hit? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I yeah. think so. All right, so, y'all. Uh, about three hours from uh, New York City. Wow, awesome. So, we have here Miss Sherry, and you can see scrolling down here underneath because it is the Beacon of Light podcast favorite things tonight. We want to be able to show you another great friend of mine. Again, if you weren't familiar on Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday night, well, welcome here to Wednesday. And I was thinking about what can I do to help amplify my fellow friends, authors, and amazing business people. And here we are, our favorite things. So we brought Sherry on tonight because. Parents, hello, parents out there. Who are there? Parent, raise your hand out there, parents. Double me. Yes, parents, parents. So if you are a parent out there or even a teacher or maybe even an occupational therapist, we'll go from any of those viewpoints. The point is you probably work with kids, right? And with those kids come a variety of different kinds of experiences, maybe challenges, or those moments that make you go, huh. Yeah, wow, I got nothing. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Those, those lots of moments. So, Miss Sherry, tell a little bit about what it is you do um, and how you impact kids' lives all the time. Well, I am a dysgraphia consultant. Hmm. Hmm. Has anybody heard that word before? Hmm. I bet you you've heard the word dyslexia. Maybe not the word dysgraphia. But, okay, so anyway, let's get on to talk about what that means. Do you mind if we uh, share my screen? There we go. So, dysgraphia. Before I even tell you what it means, I just want you to know that those guys there, uh, I'm pointing over that way because they're on that way on my screen. So, I'm not sure which way they are on your screen that way. Okay, that way. Um. Anyway, that Einstein and uh, Edison had dyslexia, and they most likely also had dysgraphia, which blows my mind because these these prize winners, these amazing men, probably had dysgraphia. But if you really think about it, they were really good in their wheel horse and their flow state. If you took them out of side of that there, they probably fell apart. And that's where their dysgraphia was evident. This guy on the right is Joaquin. He has profound dyslexia and dysgraphia, but through 
remediation, he's been able to get a full scholarship in wrestling to the University of Michigan. Wahoo, Joaquin, great job. And if you don't know who that is, that's Kelly Ripa and her husband, Mark Consuelos, and their family. So what is dysgraphia? Without further ado, here is the answer. It is a disability or a condition that is, you really are having difficulty with writing. And oh, one third of the population is having, has this condition. It's amazing. It blows my mind to think of 10 kids out of a 30 room, 30 student classroom could have trouble with writing. There's an example up on the screen. So who am I? I talked a little bit about that myself a little bit ago. I am a dysgraphia consultant. If you look at the picture on the left, that's me talking with a whole bunch of uh, teachers, math teachers to boot, because, you know, math, you have to write and you have to make sure everything's all lined up. Well, kids have a struggle with that. And then I was talking to a whole bunch of kids about lining up their, their work and their letters. And then that's my family with our entertainment. You know, the cat, they're always the best entertainment, right? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So. My book is Handwriting Brain Body Disconnect. You can get it anywhere books are sold. There's the Amazon link and the, a link that you can get it on my website. In 2019, it was up for the Author Academy Awards and it won in the top 10 finalists. And this year in 2021, it was translated and published into Turkish. How about that? Book in Turkish? Who'd have thought? So have you ever been sitting in an IEP meeting? Hmm, maybe you haven't, but this is what it looks like. It looks a lot like this person's thinking over here in this little silo, this person's thinking in this little silo, this person's thinking in this little silo, and we have to all come together and come up with a care plan to help the kids. But if we don't come up with the right plan, that child is still gonna suffer. April. What do you think? Have you been in one of those IEP meetings that everybody's in their own little silo and nobody's, their minds cannot be meshed together as one? It is a challenge. And as a special education teacher, I have attended many on the side of writing goals and asking parents and discovering what the needs are and what I see in the classroom and then what they consult with me about. And really as a team, making it happen is ideal. But many times it, it's a struggle. Maybe parents have so much on their plate, it's hard for them to take the time to be able to answer all of the questions that we might have. Other times they might be really defensive and just don't, don't take the time to listen as the team is really trying to share. And, you know, from past experiences, it might be that way, very combative. Other times, yep, sure, whatever, I don't care. It just really depends. So mm -hmm. these meetings can be very successful. They can be kind of meh, or they can be really challenging. So mm -hmm. That's been my experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So here's a story that I'd like to share with you, because aren't you all about story, my friend, April? I'm all about story. Yes, I am. All right. So here's a story for you. Um, Kathy was sitting at one of those IEP meetings for a student who is brand new coming to the district. So- we're talking about August before the school year ever begins. He had been expelled from three schools, ha! three schools. And 
what does that mean by expelled? That means that he could never go back. That means he was eloping. Eloping means he was running away from the school. He was violent. He was turning desks over. He was doing some just abusive things to the materials in the school. Never hurt a soul, but they were always concerned that he could. And he had this IEP. And as you read through it, it was written one way. And it never had some of the things that mom was saying. Mom, Beth, was saying that he was complaining of hand pain all the time. He, his sentences never really look like sentences. The words just kind of like ran together. There was like one big word instead of like five words in a sentence. Um, paragraphs, no way. I could never get them to write them. Um, the, the Things like that. And Kathy's sitting there listening. She says, hmm, Beth, can I ask you a question? Have you ever heard of dyslexia? She's like, I think so. Which is what a lot of people say. Would you agree with me, April? A lot of people yeah. will say, I think I've heard of I dyslexia, so. but they don't really know what it is. Right. Uh, much fewer people will say they've even heard the word dysgraphia. And even fewer than that will even say that they've heard of the word dyscalculia. So she asks Beth, has she ever heard these words? And then starts to describe them a little bit of detail. And as Kathy is talking about the definitions of dyslexia, dyscalculia, and dysgraphia, which are an inability to read, calculia is math and reading, I mean, and writing is the graphia. As she's talking about them, Beth starts to sob. She's like, for the first time, somebody's actually listened to me and heard what I was trying to say. Well, that facilitated a change in the IEP. And about 30 days later, which blows my mind in itself that it lasted, that time frame was so short because sometimes it has taken some parents over 180 days to get any changes. So would you agree with that thought there, Miss April? Yeah, it can be quite the challenge. Paperwork yeah. gets thick and tough. Yep. 30 days. They had a brand new IEP, totally new category in the IEP, and he got the supports he needed to read better, write better, and do math better. So he was on his way to having a better school year. And don't let me forget to tell you the end of the story. So what is dysgraphia? I like to put this slide up and I like to, to, to pause there a little time so that you have time to read this because it's more than just handwriting. It is all encompassing of anything that you write on a piece of paper or that you write on a computer. It is all parts of getting information to print. So it's grammar, it's capitalization and punctuation, it's sentence structure, paragraph organization, clarity, spelling. And then these two are kind of like, huh? Activity demands exceed the student's capacity and interference with activities of daily living. So I'm gonna talk with the second one first. Activities of daily living are anything that you need to do to 
from the time you get up in the morning till the time you go to bed at night, anything in between, we all have a series of activities of daily living that we do. Brush our teeth, take a bath, get dressed, make our bed, etc., etc. So they will things that will interfere with those activities of daily living that also impact writing are have they have a problem with them. This activity demand part. This is where I try to take those higher grades and I try to say, look, these paragraphs, these kids are trying to do these SATs. They can't complete the essay. They can't write it out. They're getting lower grades on their SATs because they can't handwrite on the piece of paper. Is that fair? Nope, it is not. So you have to be able to facilitate a way for this to happen. And I'm sure you're going to share with us a little bit about that. Yes, I am. So this is what it is not. And this is the area that gets a little people, people a little get a little confused about it. Because I want to tell you a little bit after this one, after I talk about what it is not. And I want to relate another story here. So intellectual disability visual and auditory disability, mental health disorder, neurological disorder, psychological adversity, lack of proficiency in language skills, and inadequate instruction. Hmm. So, yeah, okay, so I'm getting a little technical on you, but where do you think, between those two slides, where do you think attention deficit hyperactivity disorder falls? Does it fall in the what is included in dysgraphia or the what is not included in dysgraphia? What do you think there, Miss April? Well, I think I'm going to, I want to pull a little from this slide and I want to pull a little from that slide, but I'm sure you'll clarify everything. <laughs> you, you are good at getting around, not having the right answer in your brain right, right there quick. And we didn't talk about it ahead of time. So you've got it. But if you really look at the all the definitions and you and you open the book, the the DSM five, attention that yeah I can get it out attention hyperactivity disorder ADD ADHD whatever whatever uh, variation you want to call it is a neurological disorder. Therefore, technically, it is a different category than this category in the DSM. So it is also a different category in an educational classification that they would use in an IEP. So if a kiddo has ADHD, think of it this way. The ADHD is the thing that is driving the disability. The dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia are kind of a byproduct of the ADHD being the problem. So wow, we, big, with big, big perspective right there. So I hope parents, you are listening to the wisdom here because that helps to really define things out to see, you know, if you've got um, a, a problem in any of these areas, it looks like this relationship is really probable. Mm-hmm. So the thing with the ADD is a lot of it is executive function is the issue. So that's got to get resolved before the writing really ha is impacted. So 
we have to really work at changing the executive function skills and then we can work kind of writing comes along for the ride. It kind of gets changed along the way. So people will ask me all the time, but with all the world of technology, why do we even worry about handwriting? This is why. Because if you don't know how to read, which is taking information into your eyes or auditorially reading, you can't spit information back out. So you can't read out loud. You can't tell the story about the comprehension about what you just read. You can't actually physically put things on paper by hand and you can't use a keyboard. There's going to be something missing in your communication skill. So by the time that you're in college or at your career, you could be like me. You could have lost your job or more than one because you had ineffective communication because those areas were not developed well. It takes practice, practice, and practice to really overcome those areas. And I know parents hate when I say that, but it literally does take practice to overcome it. So as a result of my research, I developed the five points of my crown. And I'm just going to briefly discuss them a little bit here. So the first one is connectosgraphia. We are taking a sensory motor developmental profile and we are expanding it. Excuse me a moment. <clears throat> so we're taking the sensory, which is visual spatial. We take the motor, we put them together, and then we add a little bit of memory to it. We will get the biomechanical level. If we need, we have word formation, that it's like spelling and vocabulary. We add a little bit of sentence. We build on that sensory motor and memory area. We add language to get that. And then to be very creative, we have to add the cognitive level, which is the paragraph. So that is my trapezoid and my delineation of what the different areas of dysgraphia are. Let me just take a brief moment of time and tell you a little bit about visual spatial. So kids with visual spatial dysgraphia may confuse us. And if this does get you a little bit confused, Mr. April, you let me know, okay? So they have really good rhythm. They have really good oral narration. They have really good fine motor skills and age-appropriate spelling. What they don't have is they really have a struggle with drawing, coloring, painting, writing, speed, because they're very slow at all of that. They have difficulty forming letters, numbers, and shapes. Their line placement, like that picture that you saw earlier, that's kind of like all over the place. And a lot of times they're writing down the side of the page. So. How, how do we help them? We have to help them understand and recognize different shapes, letters, and numbers. So we need to help them with parts and put them back together. Which One Doesn't Belong is a website that I was introduced to by 
tomorrow night's guest, John Eliza Panzik. And which one doesn't belong in this diagram? Go ahead, April. Tell me which one doesn't belong. My guess would be maybe the Pentagon. That's my guess. Well, I'll tell you what. If you look at each one of those, each one of them doesn't belong for some reason. The rectangle has two sides that are longer than the others. The square is shaded. The other square is on its side. And then the pentagon has five. So each one of those has a reason why it doesn't belong with the others. And this is a website that you can go to. And it has all kinds of which one doesn't belongs. So that is, if you want to type it in for me, uh, April, it's the first letter of each word, W-O-D-B dot C-A. W-O-D-B dot C-A. Thank you. I'll see if I can grab that one. Okay. Meanwhile, while she's doing that, I also use grid paper with these students a lot. We will do hot, tall letters will be two squares. Little letters will be one square. We might draw shapes. We might draw a picture on one side and they have to duplicate it on the other and different activities just to get them to recognize three-dimensional, two-dimensional, what they look like on paper. Another problem that these kids have like with the recognition is they don't get the difference between typeset and handwritten letters. So if you look at Arial and Times Roman, those A's, we're just going to pull out the A at the moment, they are look different than the way you write them. The letter, the four on the bottom, Sensory Gothic, Poppins, Quicksand, and Lexand, they all have much more lookalike letters to what we actually write. Century Gothic is from Microsoft. Poppins and Quicksand are Google fonts. Lexendeca, you have to actually go to Lexend and download it. So you have to give them your email address. So that's just a little taste of visual spatial dysgraphia. We have the second part of the crown where we renew evaluations. I talk a little bit with my my clients about the impact of a score on the student. So what do you think? Is an 86 a good score? Is it a not so good score? I hmm. think it all depends on where that score is coming from. Is that score a percentage or is that score a normed value and a standard score? So I got a little technical on you. Forgive me if I did. But not all scores go to 100%. Some of them go different directions and have different numbers that go with them. And sometimes the 86 isn't as good as you need it to be. Another area that we really focus on when we're really helping align dysgraphia is the interventions. We create plans, we implement them, and we always have to adapt them so that we can do better with our students. We also write out new plans for new programs because if we don't incorporate every part of the IEP team in 
the IEP and the programming throughout the school, we are not going to be able to help all these kids because there's kids that are hiding in the shadows, as they say, where they don't necessarily meet all those criteria that we see, but they're still struggling. So we need to help impact the stakeholders and collaborate across all disciplines to help improve these issues with handwriting. And in the future, what we have today as maybe experimental models, hopefully in 20 years, will be the norm. And I say that because when I was in high school, there was a huge problem with reading. And today, reading is a lot more directly addressed. I'd love it if we could make that change with writing and problems with math as well. It will be fascinating to see as long as we keep going one step at a time, keep recognizing these things and changing at our local levels, more impact can happen directly with the kids. Because Amen. no matter what school, no matter what program, whatever, that teacher who is a great teacher, they really can make the impact and difference no matter mm -hmm. what. The mm -hmm. awareness is huge. Yep. So I always say changing the life of one child transforms the lives of all children. So let me get back to that story I talked about at the beginning with Kathy, Beth, and John. John was running for the bus and like almost ran into the bus one morning. And Kathy got a call from Beth later that day. And Beth is actually sobbing again. And she's like, he can't wait to get on the bus. And she's like, what? So Beth had to back up a little bit. Here, he was sitting outside in the middle of October. It was cold out. And he saw the bus coming. And he tried to get ahead of the bus, getting to the bus stop. Because he could not wait to get to his new school. And he was acing all of his courses. He was acing all of his writing. He was doing an amazing job. And Beth could not believe the transformation because one person listened and helped implement a change in his IEP. Fantastic. Fantastic. So talking about my course and where we can go from here is I help teach you how to design, create, and align your treatment for intervention for, uh, for dysgraphia. And you can become a certified dysgraphia specialist with the daughter dysgraphia method. So what does that mean to you? Means that you can save money for your school district. You can get a one-year re registration. You can supplement any handwriting or reading curriculum that you currently have. So there's a lot of dyslexia curriculums that are being implemented in the school system right now. This program that I have will just enhance that to be even better. It's not going to change it and you will not lose your fidelity. You can do this, my program, the dysgraphia method at your own pace. You can actually create a professional dysgraphia community, which is amazing that we can develop a community of people that understand dysgraphia that you can reach out if you have a question. And 
we deliver in little bite-sized pieces so you don't have to miss your classes. And one thing I'd love if you would start doing for me is if you've got a kiddo in your classroom or your student or whoever is out there listening to this, if you have a, oh my gosh moment, you know, that aha, that amazing celebration moment, and it has to do with their writing, please hashtag dysgraphia crowning moments. If you've got an intervention that you went, oh my gosh, this is working so well, hashtag word changers. And if you're advocating for dysgraphia in any way, please use dysgraphia awareness. And if you click on the QR code, so hold your phone up to it, you click on it, it will open my website so you can get more information there. How do you find me? I'm going to breeze right past this because if you get to my website, it will tell you how. The course that I want to emphasize is this coming Saturday, I am doing the one-day workshop of the dysgraphia method. And I am going to do it again in December. So that course is $427. What have people said about it? What they've said is, oh my gosh, Sherry, I can't believe how wonderful and aligned you have made this and so distinctly that you have made this. I could actually now teach other people. As for example, Kathy, she was then, after taking my course, she was able to help that student, which then changed the lives of how many people? Probably the entire classroom plus his entire family, maybe even some more. So there's other ways that you can get a hold of to uh, work with me, but the uh, workshop is coming up quickly. There is a, a toolkit and the method and a webinar as well. So word changers design student success. Any one of you who's out here helping a student change their words on paper, on the keyboard, however, is a word changer. And I hope that you can understand the dysgraphia crown framework. Thanks for listening tonight. All right. Thank you so much, Sherry. You can see right here, this is the workshop that's going to be happening on Saturday. Is that right? That's the right. It's Saturday. Correct. And so virtually people can get a hold of you. They come to this workshop, understand the information. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So you can be living anywhere. If you know of a teacher, a friend, somebody, a parent that is like, I have had these questions and I don't know what to do. Come to the workshop, grab some great understanding and see if you can be a part of this change for your children out there. Thank you mm -hmm. so much, Sherry, for all of these things. And I know we kind of went past this a little bit, but she is an author and a top 10 nominee. There it is. Ta-da! So handwriting, brain body disconnect. Go there. That is the link on Amazon. And thank you everyone for participating tonight, for being a part of this. This is great. Oh, thank yay! You. Hi, Cheryl. And Cheryl is awesome. 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 Yes, she, she is. Like, thank you. Late, but thank you so much. You can always go back and watch the hashtag replay. It will be here. And it's now connected to the blog that we had up all day. So now that we've gone live, it is there. So you can catch us at my website, www.apriltribe.com. Go there. See what 
Sherry has to say, thank you, Cheryl, for coming and being a part of this, because those teachers out there, those mama teachers, anyone who's going to be involved and helping kids to really get those potentials, understand what the writing is, the reading, even our math abilities, we want to make sure that the success is really rising up. Thank you so much, Sherry. Again, this is Beacon of Light, Favorite Things. And go there to the workshop this this Saturday. It's free. And you can also go to um, Amazon, no, grab the, her the book. Work, the workshop isn't free. Oh, sorry, sorry. Backing up. Tell me what the, the workshop, workshop isn't is. free. Um, but uh, the uh, banners. There we go. Go ahead. If you open up the the open gotcha. up the PowerPoint here. here. That, that there slide. We go. Yep. The webinar. I have webinar. one. The webinar is $9.99, so that's not too much of an investment for you. The other ones are a little bit more of an investment, but the best way to get a hold of any free information is to go to the website. Excellent. So go to that website, try and check out the workshop on Saturday, be a part of this, see if you can be a word changer to help design the student success and... Again, hop over there to grab the book on Amazon. And thank you so much, Sherry. If you guys have any questions, where can they get a hold of you, Miss Sherry? SherryDaughter.com. There you go. That is where she will be. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Woohoo! <laughs>